when I heard e-commerce sales were up 30% in the last six weeks compared to the previous six weeks, I couldn't help but want to know what exactly has happened. To find out more, do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. I wanted to give the team out at Clavio a shout out, and that's because they have a COVID-19 daily pulse update. So if you're trying to figure out how the e-commerce industry is affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, look no further because they run a daily survey and then email the daily results to merchants. And you don't have to be a Clavio customer to be part of this. Head over to Clavio.com and you'd find a pop under right on their site. We'll link you to the survey form. Once you fill out the survey form, you're automatically entered and you'd be given updates on a regular basis. Try and update the form regularly. Just head over to Clavio.com. This is really good, insightful data for the e-commerce industry. Best of luck, everybody, and stay safe. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, and I'm your host, Kune Campbell. Um, this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in e-commerce, and um, so if you're looking to you know, drive conversions, average order value, and ultimately sales, you are tuned into the right place. Now, on today's show, obviously, it's very much in line with the last five, six shows we've done, which is what we're going through now. Most of us are locked down um, at home. All retail stores are closed in most countries. Um, And there's a silver lining in all of this, which I'm going to talk about because today's guest is from Clavio. His name is Jake Cohen, and he's the head of product um, at Clavio. Now, what Clavio have been doing over COVID has been incredible. They, as you know, they have, I think, over 30,000 stores, you know, um, they they work with um, or they power in terms of like email marketing. And they have access to revenue, year-on-year revenue. So they took out a cohort of their over 30,000 customers, essentially, 
got 19,000 stores that have been working um, last year, essentially, and still working, you know, still, still functioning and selling this year. And they have produced a huge amount of insights in such a short period of time. I mean, we're talking about 10, 10, 14 days, about two weeks. And um, they, they are showing us the silver lining here. And um, I think this is going to be the most significant discussion on COVID-19 and the opportunity in regards to e-commerce you guys are going to, to hear on this podcast period. I'm not going to um, talk too much. I'd just like to introduce Jake Cohen, who is the head of product marketing at Clavio. Welcome, Jake. Thank you, Kunle. It's uh, a pleasure to be here and share what we're seeing. Fantastic. So what what, what do you do? So are you... You head product, um, so so what does your job function, you know, entail there at Clavio? Yeah, so so at the moment, I'm responsible for product marketing. I actually used to also lead product management, and I switched recently. And so for product marketing, my job is to help Clavio communicate its value in a way that people understand and is you know attracting to them. Uh, one of the interesting things for us is we've we've been very lucky to have um, a lot of growth through referral. So a lot of people who use Clavio find such success in growing their business faster than they ever had before uh, that it naturally comes out. They tell other people and say, "You got to if you're if you're trying to grow an e-commerce business, there is no better platform to use in the world than Clavio." Uh, and part of what I'm trying to do is harness the energy. Um, that we've been fortunate to help uh, build in our community and sort of package that up in ways that people who may not have heard of us or may be unsure exactly why Clavio is special help make that really easy for them to understand so that they're also compelled to try it and we have the opportunity to serve them too. Super, super interesting. Um, just amplifying that word of mouth. Okay, with with what's going on, you know, the, the, with, with actual facts and data from Clavio. Yep. Okay, now let's jump into... COVID, um, its impact. Um, you guys serve businesses across the world. I don't think yes. there's any continent you, you don't cover. Um, but your primary market not Antarctica is, yet. No, <laughs> we don't have Antarctica. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, your primary market is North America. You've got a lot of um, you know merchants out in um, in Europe. You have Australia, New Zealand, Asia. Yeah. Um, so, so this nineteen Africa 000. too. I was on on a phone call with someone in Ghana uh, a week and a half ago making running shoes. It's really cool. Fantastic, fantastic. So, so you've got the whole spectrum. Um, yeah. So, what 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 does it look like? So, when COVID hit, what was the reaction? What did you guys see? Because you guys send out a survey, a daily survey. Um, I, I filled a few out on behalf of um, you know <laughs> businesses you. I work with. Cheers. So, so what what was the genesis of it and and what was the initial reaction from from there's a lot of fear i was scared i was like right now it seems like a like a funny normal to me but um i was scared what's the reaction yeah it's uh actually exactly what you described is exactly what we sort of uh saw initially so i think it was uh i want to say it was march 13th Mm. i think was the thursday where um, Clavio decided to transition to work from home for all employees overnight. Uh, that was a Thursday. And so Friday was like, uh, everyone trying to figure it out. And when we came in on Monday, um, you know, a few people on my team actually came to me and they said, Hey, all the plans that we've had that we're working on don't feel right right now. 
what should we do? How can we do something different? And so we sort of came together as a team and we have a little mantra on our marketing team that we uh, sort of try to live by it, which is value every day. We literally think by the day, what value are we delivering to our community and, and those who are not yet in it, you know, what can we give them that they can discover us and, and see value in it because value should come first. And so we asked ourselves, what's the most valuable thing that we can do for e-commerce businesses today? And what we observed was the exact sentiment that you just shared, which is like, I'm scared, uh, is what we heard. And we believe that the fear was due to a lack of um, understanding what is happening and what will come. And so we said, okay, the obligation, not just challenge, the obligation that we have as a business that has such global reach and such visibility across so many businesses, our obligation is to tell people what is happening. And the absolute fastest way that we can uh, figure that out is to ask people around the world, pull it together and become a sort of clearinghouse of information to share these trends, to share what we're seeing so that people at the very least have something consistent and reliable they can turn to, to get information that is not confusing, that is not biased, uh, that is straightforward and fast so they can make decisions because, you know, those initial hours, those initial days in a lot of ways would dictate, you know, how many businesses would succeed through this, how many businesses would thrive through this and what it would look like. So we said, look, the absolute number one best thing we can do is tell people what's going on. And the fastest way we can do that is ask. And so we spun up literally overnight we coded up a survey in Google Forms. Uh, we put it out to the world and hundreds of people started responding. And we said, we have something here. Uh, and so we started doing this every day, uh, recording trends, sharing those trends, providing analysis of why we think so. Uh, and then people said, hey, look, this is great. I understand what businesses are doing, but what are consumers going to do? And we said, great, let's do another survey. So we spun up a consumer survey to pair you know, business insights, what people are thinking and doing and feeling uh, but with consumer intent, so we could understand where spending was going, so we could share that back with businesses so that those that were offering things that consumers will want could prepare themselves to take advantage of that opportunity as it came. And it's just evolved massively since then. And, and, and now the, its current form is our direct insights from, from, from your data. Yeah, so from... From that point, when we were doing the surveys, it was just me. <laughs> uh, okay. And it was a lot of, you know, being up till very, very late, reading all these things and pulling it together and trying to decipher what was happening. Since then, um, we've repurposed uh, 15 people across Clavio to build an internal news organization effectively, hmm. where we have um, different bureaus. We have a, a, cons um, a business bureau, which goes and talks to at least two businesses around the world every single day plus the surveys, plus a data science team member digging through our uh, aggregate data set to provide insights of what's happening with sales. We have a consumer bureau that has a consumer survey and interviews uh, consumers every day. And then we have a, what we call a related sector bureau. And so for sectors that are not specifically e-commerce, but affect e-commerce, like logistics and fulfillment or financing, uh, they're doing deep dives, interviewing key players and reading articles and looking at trends to sort of interpret uh, or read the tea leaves, if you will, as to where things will go so that merchants can get a sense of, hey, like, should I be worried about my warehouse is a very common question we got. Well, we wrote six pages on whether or not you should be. And the answer is probably not uh, for a whole slew of reasons. So we've spun all this up. We have a web dev team that allocated some time and energy and spun up a website to house all of this. So it's easy to see it and access it on demand. 
Yeah. And so and that's it goes on site and um, it's it's deep. It, it goes really, really deep. So um, for, for listeners, if you go to clavier.com and um, you, you just see a, a banner at the top, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a top banner, just click on it, it's green and you, you get to put what, what, what really is a mini website, you know, it's a micro website with blog posts and um, just insights and, and data. Okay, so let's jump into your why did you choose the 19,000? Um, what countries, what categories? Um, what was the, what was the reasoning for, for that, um, you know, cohort? Yeah. So this is, uh, I have not told you this yet. This is kind of a cool story. So when we were looking, the first thing we wanted to understand is everyone said, oh my God, oh my God, consumers aren't going to spend anything. The world is ending. And so we were like, is that true? <laughs> and when we did our surveys, uh, it, and a larger than expected number of brands reported their sales going up. And not just going up like a little bit, going up like 200, 300, 1,000% overnight. And we said, holy smokes, like what, what's happening there? And so as we sort of dug in more and looked more and tried to figure out you know, what was happening, we effectively discovered that some categories were doing really, really well and some were not doing as well as expected. And so like some of those categories, for example, health and beauty, was exploding. Um, health and fitness uh, was exploding. Housewares was exploding. We didn't understand. Kids stuff. Oh my God. I talked to a woman that sells um, kids books and her sales literally went up 300% overnight. And she felt guilty because she's like, this is great, but this is on account of so many bad things. It was just a fascinating uh, insight. And so we said, well, geez, I wonder if there's a way for us to predict or understand which categories are making a difference. And so we looked at as you mentioned, Kunle, we have uh, businesses all over the world. And so we looked at our businesses in Italy because Italy was further ahead of this progress than the United States. And we looked at which categories or, or looking at different categories, what were the sales trends? And it turned out looking at our aggregate data in the US and in Italy, we normalized them to when the virus hit each of those countries and the trends were identical uh, in terms of how much uh, different categories are growing. So, so and, and it's kind of like one? the toilet paper analogy. Uh, analogy, you, you know, when um, when it hits, people for some reason just wanted to buy toilet paper, even though you know um, they're not really they're not essential in in that sense. But you know, people just want to pile up um, their, their trolleys with, with toilet paper. Yes. Yeah, so you're 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 going through the journey that we went through right now, but much faster. <laughs> so we so we said, oh my goodness, how is it that the trends in Italy and the U.S. are identical? Like that's crazy. And so it the insight that we had is people are people. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're from. To some extent, it doesn't matter too much how old you are. There's the same sort of logical progression in terms of what you want to buy. And so this informed a, a hypothesis that we developed literally two weeks ago, way ahead of everything, which is um, that spending would follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is a very dorky way to explain this, um, but I can't find a better one. So if you have an idea, tell me. Uh, for, for the audience, just very quickly, um, Abe Maslow was an American um, sociologist and philosopher uh, and psychologist, I guess, from the mid-1900s. And what was unique about him during his time is most people at the time were looking at, um, uh, for not normal people, you know, why are they not normal? And Maslow wanted to understand, for someone who's not, you know, someone who's very sort of normal, quote-unquote, what drives them to do what they do? What drives them to be motivated or to buy things even? 
And he established this hierarchy of needs, the base of which is I need to feel safe and secure. So this is food, water, and shelter. The next level is I want to feel a sense of belonging because I want to be part of a community. The next level is I want to feel some self-esteem. I want to feel good about myself. And the next level is I want to feel self-actualization. I want to uh, pursue creative endeavors. And so we said, wow, isn't this interesting? As soon as people needed to work from home, what was the first thing they did? They bought food and then they bought Purell and paper towels and toilet paper. (laughs) And then we started to see them buy things to help connect. So this was uh, being on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. This is it. We published this a little while ago. So for those of you listening... Um, well, I'm sharing a, 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 an image of, um, the, of Maslow's hierarchy from Clavier's perspective over this COVID. Um, so at the bases you, you alluded to, Jake, um, it's food, water, um, warmth and rest. And then, sorry, you go ahead. Yeah. And so uh, security and safety was really, you know, Purell, soap, toilet paper, paper towels, whatever else. Yeah. Belongingness and, and love needs is, I think, mostly from people uh, buying uh, office equipment. So they had the opportunity to connect with folks. So this is new headphones. This is, uh, 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 computer cameras. This is streaming stuff so they could connect online. And then esteem needs is where we started to see people invest in health and fitness, uh, sporting goods, uh, homewares and, uh, home improvement projects. We saw a massive uptick in people buying new cooking utensils and <laughs> decorations and things like mm-hmm. that. And we believe that next would be in self-actualization, creative endeavors, things that would help people be distracted if they're bored. And mm-hmm. sure enough, um, we did a deep dive on New York city last week and, uh, sales for the toys and game category in New York city since before, uh, March are up 130%. Okay. And so actually, if you go down Kunle on this specific article, we predict by week, you know, roughly what we think uh, sales are, how sales are going to fluctuate. So far that's coming true. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So the the recurrent theme. So one of the episodes we we got in an Amazon expert who, you know, kind of explained to us that um, Amazon was no longer taking inbound shipping of non-essentials. Yeah. Um, that was the same case with Amazon here in Europe and the UK. Um, it was all over America. And, you know, he was, you know, confused essentially, you know, as to what next to do from an Amazon's perspective. Now, that tells me there is a massive opportunity because if, if when you go to Amazon and you want to buy a yoga mat, right, mm-hmm. you cannot get it on Prime. If, if you want to get anything health and fitness related, it's, it's either not there or it's, it's, it's not going to get to you tomorrow or in a few days. It will get to you in, in weeks. So a lot of people are yeah. bouncing back out of Amazon into Google or email. So, you know, if you use Gmail, search is perfect for you to just, you know, search through all the emails and find, you know, who, who you're subscribed to and, you know, click through to, to find products. This tells me that um, this is what's happening outside of Amazon. Amazon is 50% USA, and it seems like Amazon is losing market share in the non-essentials, and there's a huge opportunity. What does the data say? Because you know, this is anecdotal from, from my point of view and the few stores I have you know, um, access to. So, so what does the data say with, from like, at that aggregated level? So I'm going, to tell, I'm going to give you three points that explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is, actually, if you don't mind, can you go 
I want to show you where we wrote this. Sure, sure if you thing. go to Clavio.com to that green bar to okay. that site, so see why Amazon's challenges and a human need for connection are driving there. So okay. what we I'll described in sure. this, we uh, we did a deep dive as I, I as I explained on um, what's happening with Amazon and what that means for us. And what it, what's basically going on is Amazon is trying very hard to fulfill their obligation to ship whatever it is you want within days. Uh, but they can't. And they can't for two reasons. The first reason is the demand is through the roof. There's just more orders. And the second reason is in their warehouses, they're not operating as efficiently as they normally do. Partly because they have new health protocols that they need to adhere to. Partly because there are some people that are just sick or don't want to work in those conditions. Mm -hmm. And the yield of that is even a few percent uh, reduction in supply clogs up all of the systems. It's all about efficiency and movement. And if one piece of that is a little bit slow, the whole thing slows down. And so what Amazon is, is frankly doing very well considering the circumstances, but they're trying to figure out with a reduced efficiency in terms of a labor staff and an increased demand of orders coming in, how do we balance that out to do the best we can? Either they don't fulfill all orders or they fulfill orders late or they do both. And that's exactly what we saw. They did not fulfill taking in any non-essential items and they're slow in delivery to the point where my wife was talking about she wanted to buy Candyland, which is apparently a game that's sold out on Amazon. And she said, you know, some other things she wanted to buy. And I said, well, where are you going to buy it? And she said, well, I don't know. It's going to take two weeks from Amazon. So I probably won't look there. And I said, what an insight. And so in fact, that same sentiment echoed through our consumer surveys uh, quite literally the next day, where people said the number one thing that's driving people's, or sorry, the two things that are driving people's intent to buy when they're looking is uh, available inventory and free shipping. Uh, and so what's ended up happening is an increasing number of consumers responded saying that they're buying from brands online they've never bought from before. Uh, they said that they're most interested in availability and free shipping. And so I think what's happening, I ended up doing this, uh, people understand what they want and then they're looking for new places to find it. Because people have more time on their hands, because they're willing to do a little more digging around, this is the time when new brands are being discovered by so many consumers who are looking for whatever it is they're looking for. And Amazon is not the obvious choice anymore because Amazon needs to ship paper towels and whatever else. Yeah. So the third thing I'll share on this, and then I'll stop my rant. If you go back yeah, and you actually scroll down to the category charts right yeah. here. You can, this is so this so is just sales the, by industry. Yeah, so across across our thirty two, so we actually serve over a hundred thousand businesses. Many of them have a free account on Clavio. Thirty two thousand five hundred of them uh, pay, and then of those nineteen thousand of them, we have complete data between two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty. Okay. And so what we did is we took the 19,000, we cut them up by category and we provided aggregate daily sales perspectives here by category. So we could see exactly how uh, things are trending between 2019 and 2020. Okay. Number so one, you'll what, see that. So what you see here in, so in 2020, I'm, I'm looking at it from January to April to, to, to April the 4th, I think. This looks like April mm -hmm. the 4th. There was a huge dip on yes. fifteenth, and for apparel it, and accessories, exactly, and apparel and, and accessories, and then it, it jumped up quite significantly, well above the anything done in twenty nineteen, and then it shot up to an all time high on April the first. Could you explain what is going on here, 
And yes. um, is this to a particular country or? Um... No, <laughs> it's wild. So, so one worth noting, which you called up before, a majority of customers do come from North America. So we will see a skew of patterns in North America from others okay. because this is normalized uh, to the calendar, not to any specific country. So I think that this is more reflective of the timeline that you see in the United States. Well, in the United States and Canada and New Mexico. But you know, it's the same sort of pattern. So remember that hierarchy of needs that I explained? Yes. In the United States, um, around just before March 15th, so call it like March 8th or so, is when things started to get a little crazy. And so people immediately, one of the things consumers told us when this all hit is that 50% of people reported spending at least 25% more, in some cases, 2x more than they normally do. So spending was happening. But the shift, the category shifted dramatically. They shifted to that bottom rung of the hierarchy. Food. They shifted food. to, uh, you know, food. People were spending for three weeks of inventory in their homes on paper towels, on Purell, all this kind of stuff. And so what happened is that pulled away from more discretionary categories like apparel and accessories. And you can see the drop, a dramatic drop in one week. Uh, businesses were trending, you know, 60% in aggregate uh, overall to mm-hmm. below last year in a week. Can you imagine? Yeah. And so this was, this was the moment that brand said, what is happening? <laughs> we said, we have to go tell you. And what's happening since then is once people were at home and they had enough food uh, and then they were asked to stay at home, they started thinking, well, geez, how long am I going to be at home? I better, I better make sure I'm comfortable. And so, uh, you know, actually, if you go look, if you don't mind, if you scroll down to health and fitness, mm-hmm. sporting goods is a good, is a good example. That's great. Okay. Here. So if you look at sporting goods around the same time, spending goes up. Mm. Right? You're going to be home for a while. Yes. And so people are like, well, geez, like if I'm going to be stuck here, maybe I need a new jump rope or maybe I need weights or maybe I need whatever, right? And so as you see sporting goods start to go up, remember how March 15th, it starts to slope up. If you go back to apparel and accessories, you'll see starting March 15th, what happens? Starts to to pick up quite. Not only does it accelerate, it accelerates faster. Yeah. Because people realize, oh, maybe I should, you know, those, those jeans I was considering, maybe I'll get those. Hey, I'm going to be home for a while. Maybe I should get something that's comfortable. Oh, I'm going to start running again. Well, I think I need new sneakers. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up accidents happen perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a csv import completely messed up your product catalog common myth cloud-based e-commerce platforms like shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store this is simply untrue they don't myth busted so what do you do you use rewind Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'd extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. 
Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2x e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. So, so in fashion, what, what I noticed, this is anecdotal again, is um, discounts. So mm-hmm. in for apparel, um, a lot of sites were running, and I, I put this up on, on a LinkedIn post, they were running a lot of site-wide. So these were like big box retailers that yeah, could Nike only sell that. online. Yep. Yeah. So they were doing like, some of them were going as much as 40% off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, site-wide. Um, it was more, the, the, the discounts were deeper than um, than Black Friday in, in, many, mm-hmm. in, in many occurrences. And then they stopped. They all of a that's sudden why. stopped. So, so I, I thought that's like a reaction that was almost like a knee-jerk fair reaction as in what the heck is going on? We need money. We need cash flow. Nothing's coming in as normal. We need to pay salaries. Um, yep. How? What, what do you? What? 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 What's the reality? You know, from from your data, what did you see? Were were like fashion and apparel retailers running sales at the time? Um, I I don't have aggregate data where I can say what percentage of businesses were running sales or not. I can tell you, you know, very <laughs> finger in the wind. I'd say, you know, roughly 50-60% of brands that I came across were running a sale of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 frankly, many of them continue to. I don't know that the sales are the sales feel less overarching than they were in the past. It tends to be now it's like, oh, well, clearance items will be even more or like some of our best categories might be discounted, but not all. Um, but you can, I mean, the data says it all. When sales go down, uh, many brands respond by, you know, because they need cash flow running a sale. You know, probably one of the most fascinating and impressive stories we heard, there's a brand that we work with called Pistol Lake mm-hmm. and they sell minim- minimalist men's apparel uh, out, of, out of LA. And it, in this week, March 7th to 15th, their sales, you know, dropped a lot. I'm not, I can't say specific numbers, but a lot. And to the point where the CEO, Ryan, um, was worried about the future of the business. And so he wrote a very heartfelt note um, to his community. And he said, listen, uh, I've never made an ask like this. And I never frankly get very worried, but I'm a little worried about the sustainability of the business right now. Um, I'm asking for your help. If there's anything that you've ever looked at, if there's anything you've ever considered, my ask is, would you consider buying it now? And to make it easier for you, he offered 25% to people who received this email. And he told me that that weekend, those two days, their sales uh, were equivalent to roughly two months of sales. I love that. I love that. And it worked. And, and as a result, his business was saved. He had, did not have to lay off or furlough anybody. And they have a, they have a warehouse and a factory. They repurposed it to start making masks to help out. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm seeing a lot of that now um, in in regards to to mask making and apparel brands. That's a fantastic story. That's a brilliant story. Should we go through? So what about, before we go through other categories, um, what about spend? Um, You know, from from again, you know, my my perspective, um, I'm seeing historically low CPMs. Historically low. On the flip side, some advertisers, retailers are finding it very guilty to sell um, at this point in time. Some, not all. Um, what are your thoughts in, in, in advertising? So, so they're saying, should we really be salesy, you know, in, in, in this? In, should we be more empathetic to, 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 to the market? 
So what are your thoughts with advertising? There's push and pull. So with Facebook, obviously it's more um, push and um, with say AdWords where people are, you know, um, just searching and, you know, retrieving information, it's more pull. Mm -hmm. Um, So so what are your thoughts in in advertising now? Because there was a lot of fear that, you know, people really wanted to retain spend, you know, retain expenses and not overspend. So, so what are your thoughts from a seat from your perspective? What are retailers telling you, yourselves from, from an advertising perspective on, 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 on advertising in, in general? Yeah. So I've, I have a lot of thoughts on this that I'll try and succinctly share. So number one, the media is leading us to believe that consumers are not spending any money. So, that, so for example, this weekend, the New York Times published an article looking at credit card data that showed effectively every category but food is down, in some cases, up to 80%. And while that's likely true if you include, you know, Best Buy <laughs> and Target and all these big stores, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they're closed. They can't do anything. Exactly. Of course, that's correct. But we're seeing actually that since the beginning of March, the e-commerce space in general, at least Clavio customers, are up 26% uh, across the board. So, like... What is going on there? And, and, the, and it's obvious answer, right? The stores are closed. People are still buying. Where do they buy? They buy online and they're not buying everything on Amazon because you can't and nor should you. They're going to other brands and, and they're increasing spend and trying new businesses there. Mm-hmm. So the question then becomes, okay, you know, if, if it's true that consumers are buying things and it's true that they're looking for new places to buy things, uh, how do you make sure that you're the brand that gets discovered? And I think there's, there's uh, another insight from consumers that informs a suggestion that I'll make. The suggestion is you should be advertising. Uh, and the messaging, the positioning around your product needs to connect to a trigger or a specific need or desire that someone has today. Uh, and I'll come back to that. Why do I say that? Well, we ask consumers, um, we start asking consumers, are you buying impulsively or are you planning more? And it turns out that at least in the United States, based on which state they're in and how long that state has been under has been under quarantine where they have to stay at home the longer that someone has been under a stay at home mandate the more impulsively they start to buy and so this actually connects very nicely with the hierarchy of needs that when you're there and you get up into creative endeavors and you get up into self esteem you get up into belonging you're like god i just need something and so someone reported buying an ipad pro quote because it's sick Someone reported buying more games than they had ever bought before, right? Yeah. And it's not because it's, you know, they just, they're just at home. They're just living. And so you have the, basically the pattern that we're seeing is as soon as the virus hits, there's a spike in spending on uh, security and comfort. It drops back down to normal levels. Spending goes uh, up and then kind of like flattens with the curve and the categories change to go up that hierarchy the longer that you're at home. Yeah. And so the way, so the, the suggestions, and again, back to the website that, that this is, there's a whole section on suggestions of things that you should do. Mm-hmm. What we're telling brands is you need to, in fact, I literally wrote an article with exactly what to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, you need to position your products based on the needs that people have. That's not bad. That's called being helpful. So for example, if you sell games or you sell toys or you sell kids stuff, and you're nervous about pushing your product, well, you shouldn't be pushing your product. You should be empathizing with the needs of potential customers and you should be presenting your solution. So you might have an ad that reasonably says, are you stuck at home with your kids and almost about to pull your hair out? Here's something that could help. Boom, kids toy. And guess what? I'm clicking on that. You're clicking on that. And we're probably going to buy that thing because we need it. 
Exactly. And the other the, the other dimension to look at is the the actual visuals. If the visuals are very much in line with what we're experiencing, you know, in, in your analogy where it's the child and, you know, you use a creative with a child in your lap, you know, um, in, in a home setting, in, you know, in quarantine, then there's that empathy. They yeah, actually, empathy. so creative is a very interesting topic uh, and an important one. Most large brands... Uh, have teams that work on creative and have like specific uh, ways that they assemble that to get the perfect image. They can't do that right now because everyone's at home. They can't. They can't. So this, this presents an amazing opportunity for brands to be nimble and fast. Yeah. So access your community, ask them to send you pictures of them using exactly. the product so that you can share that in your ads exactly. and you'll get it in a day. It'll exactly. be more authentic and like it will connect. It will work. Precisely. And, and the, another angle to use is to send some products to influencers who need to create content. They, you know, they, they, they can't create content. They, they, they want to engage and, and, and they do it for, for not much, you know, if, if at all, anything. Um, you're already giving them, you know, um, stuff to, to put content together around, especially rekindling old influencer relationships. The other thing I can share, uh, there are some brands that um, aren't always, uh, their sales aren't always increasing. Mm. So there, uh, and, but there are still amazing advertising and marketing that you can do. So we have a brand named Princess Awesome uh, that sells kids clothing, which is now her sales are doing wonderful, but for a period of time, she was a, a little nervous. And so she created um, this list. She asked her community on Facebook, what are things that you can do at home with kids? Mm. And she created a list of a hundred ideas and socialized it. Mm. And it got 50,000 visits in a handful of days, which mm-hmm. is a lot for her website. And she got picked up by the local news for being mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is marketing, you know, you exactly. just provide value to the people and then they talk about you and the rest works. Exactly. And um, there's also a press opportunity for apparel brands that are making, you know, masks for, you know, the repurposing their, their production lines to, to, to make mask and protective, you know, wear for, for, for hospitals. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's great stuff. Okay. Um, one other thing I wanted to to touch um, on was um, so so categories. So so yeah, let's let so besides um, so so we talked about apparel. We we talked about um, fitness. Um, what other categories um, have have you seen as, as a worth you know, you know noting uh, in terms of growth and sales? Yes, over this period. So, so looking at so electronics, far. Now, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, so far, apparel, fitness apparel in particular is going to explode. Electronics is up about 100% year over year. Food and beverage is up more. Mm -hmm. Um, Jewelry is not. Um, Those spikes, by the way, are uh, Boolean, like people buying gold and silver bars. Ah, okay. Interesting. Fascinating. Um, Home and garden uh, is not up as much, but if you look at the demographics, the changes for consumers over 45 or those who own a home, this is up massively because people mm-hmm. want their environment to be more comfortable. They're doing more home improvement projects, which is yeah, the, same the next chart. Yep. You can see that's up a bit okay. as well. I'm quite surprised um, hardware isn't as significant. You know, um, well, I guess mind you, this is, this is e-commerce sales, right? So it yeah. still could be that they're going to Ace Hardware or whatever and Click buying and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure. Um, health and beauty's way up. Yeah. Hearing from women in particular, but men too, they want to maintain a normal routine and a sense mm-hmm. of normalcy. So they're, they're both replenishing their main products and trying new ones. Mm-hmm. Sporting goods is up. Toys and hobbies is starting to be up and is going to see early curve, but it's going to go. Okay. 
Okay, that's like 50 Office supplies, interestingly, I can show you something special if you want. Okay. So office supplies, I actually predict, are going to have a resurgence. So guys, if you're listening to this and you really want to, to look at these graphs, either head over to clavio.com, click on the bar at the top, it'll take you to the report, or just tune into YouTube, search for 2X e-commerce and you know, subscribe and um, you'd, you'd look at the screens live. Totally. So this is, so we have a business intelligence team and they're looking at all of our data and we're talking every night about, well, you know, what's a hypothesis and does the data suggest or validate that? And so one of the things that we're doing is our hypothesis is the amount of time that consumers are under a stay-at-home mandate influences what they buy. And so what we've done here is we've recategorized all of the sales across all customers by category and by state and by time period, uh, normalized to when uh, consumers were told they have to stay at home by state. (laughs) And so what that enables us to do is look at changes by state, by category, over time. And so one of the things that I didn't anticipate, but this is starting to suggest, is that we may see a resurgence in um, office supplies being purchased online. So let me show you this visual, and then I'll tell you why I think it's happening. Okay. So this this section here, pre-quarantine sales, this uh, this is the percentage change between before the virus came to the United States and, and bef- from that period to before any state was told they have to stay at home. It's quite common. What you can see. Why, why yeah. is it colorful? Are there just categories like the, the top categories in each state? So this is uh, ex- restricted to only office supplies. Okay, okay. But, office. but okay. what we've done yeah. is we've said, okay, cool. So uh, dark blue is 50% week over week or period over period growth. Okay. And dark orange is 15% drop. Negative. And okay. so you can see that, for example, this is Montana. Montana had a big increase in sales from before the virus to before stay-at-home policy, whereas uh, Nevada had a drop from before the virus to before stay-at-home. Okay. Then we compare sales as soon as someone says, or, or before they have to stay at home, to the first week they have to stay at home. Okay. And what you can see is that, generally speaking, there are more blue states, meaning that as soon as people were told they have to stay home, they went and bought office supplies. Yep. And then what you're seeing here, week two, is that there are even more blue states. It's becoming blue. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Over time, this would essentially highly likely turn all blue. Exactly. And what you're seeing is there are a bunch of states that are white, which means that we don't have the data yet because they haven't hit the second week of quarantine sales. Got it. And so I predict, or I should say Clavio predicts, that at least in the United States, we're going to see an increase in spending on home office supplies as more, more consumers who are stuck at home are simply stuck at home. Yeah. What would you describe a computer monitor? Would, would it be office supply or would it be an yep. electronic? No, it'd probably be in office supplies. Electronics okay. tends to be more like games, drones, okay. consoles, okay. things like we're that. Bought, uh, iPads. Bought, that's why for, for my so son. There you go. He's broke down. Yeah, he's broke down. Yeah, so. There you go. And so like uh, computers, uh, uh, like uh, pens, paper, printers, monitors, laptops, keyboards, mice, all of it, uh, audio equipment, all fits in here. And so the pattern's very clear. The longer you're at home, the more people are spending on this. And so these are the types of insights that we're seeing and sharing uh, every day. In fact, I do, I don't know if you know this, I do a video every single day on what we saw yesterday. Yes. 
Yes, yes. I, and so I, I if anyone that. follows uh, Clavio on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, we publish those videos so that you can go see it and get the latest and greatest on what's happening. Guys, just subscribe to to, to their insights. Um, go, go to clavio.com and um, there's 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 a link again at the top. I'll say it several times, unsubscribe. You, you get daily updates by email and you get to to, to, to see, you know, Jake actually break everything down, you know, um, in, in a video. Before you go, two two things. Um, so for some people listening, um, might not be experienced in the sales where we're um, you know we're, we're talking about now, um, but there is still an opportunity which you mentioned prior to um, us hitting record in, in this episode, which is email collection and the power yeah. of email, you know, all through. Um, so. And, and you also mentioned um, engagement. You know, you mentioned earlier. You gave the example of um, the lady from Princess Awesome who yeah. gets you know um, press. So my question is, what would you advise listeners um, to to do right now to get those micro conversions in, and not just have an email? Because a lot of us would get the emails and not do much with it. But you know, how do we? start building relationships from now um, so we have a better rest of 2020 and an even better 2021. Yeah, so uh, I have two suggestions. So the first is, can you pull up a website? I'll show you something funny. Sure, sure thing, sure thing. Go to whogivesacrap.com. <laughs> okay. So they are, Who Gives a Crap is a, um, a brand, a Clavio customer, mm-hmm. uh, and they sell toilet paper. And they have uh, completely run out of toilet paper. As you can imagine. (laughs) And so you'd think, well, I guess they're just screwed, right? I guess there's nothing they can do. But actually what you'll find, oh, maybe UK is different. Yeah, it is. is, Go to, uh, go, go, maybe they still have inventory in the UK. I I think I... Go to the, oh no, here you go, here you go. This is it. Yeah. So they have an interstitial that shows up that says we have no inventory, Mm -hmm. but we still want to connect with you. Mm. So sign up with your email address and we'll tell you when we're back in stock and what's going on. And guess what? Yep. There, exact, see what just happened? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> People do it. Case in point, yeah. I didn't even prompt you to do it and off you yeah. go, right? Yeah. People do it. And so it's a wonderful way to collect uh, you know, email addresses. Now, of course, not everyone has the benefit of being completely out of stock, but the reality is even if someone's not interested, you can say, hey, we literally, we understand you may not be interested today. Mm-hmm. Sign up so we can tell you what's coming and what's new so that you're, you're prepared tomorrow. And I promise you people will sign up. So Clavio, of course, has sign-up forms that without touching code, you can deploy changes to your website and uh, through pop-ups and ask for this. Whatever provider you use, make sure you're taking advantage of that opportunity. The second thing I'll tell you is we've been hearing stories about brands partnering together. And in particular, brands that sell complementary or different things. So for example, we heard a story about um, a gym, a local gym that has, you know, a whole bunch of coaches and trainers and a whole customer base that they literally cannot do anything with. And we heard them partnering up with fitness apparel. And what they did is the fitness apparel gave the gym a little bit of rev share and said, hey, look, we would like to promote your gym to our customers in your neighborhood. And we would love to see if anyone in your community is interested in our products. And so what happened was they found complementary partners to promote their inventory. And this is making a massive, massive impact on those brands that are being promoted in terms of being discovered, establishing new customers 
uh, at a much more affordable rate. And it's also being you know, beneficial to the community by giving revenue back to the businesses that are closed. And you, know, you can use, Clayview has this, I'm sure other platforms do too. You can use um, our segmentation to get a geographic segmentation of people. So if I want to only see people that are you know, near London, you can do that. You can market to those people with whatever local store you want to work with. And then the local store can email their list and say, hey, we're offering whatever, 5, 10, 15, whatever you want, percent off this thing. Since you have to work out at home, for example, go get these shorts, go get these shoes, go get this workout shirt so that you can go run outside and stay fit for when we're back and open. And that works. Makes sense. Makes a, a, a ton of sense. Um, what about engagement? You know, um, how, what, what are you seeing? What tips do you have um, for, I mean, the example you gave about um, the, the LA, um, you know, um, Aperol um, brand, yeah. where, you know, the CEO actually, write, you know, wrote a very, 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 um, you know, personal email, emotive email. Um, do you have any other tips and examples on how to communicate effectively when I mean communicate, um, I mean social media, I mean email, I mean any any channel um, with customers at this point in in time. You know, people have accepted that um, you know it is what it is, and people, for the most part, are you know keeping as safe as they can. Um, so, what responsibilities um, do do brands, e-commerce brands, have now to 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 leave? A, an impression, a long-lasting impression, a genuine long-lasting impression that shows that they care. I think this is a special time for brands to um, occupy mindshare with current and new customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the hardest things in the world to do uh, is to get people to think of you. And to the extent that you're able to provide value to them, you know, my, my belief is that uh, they'll stop thinking about you know, what's the new drop at Zara going to be? And they'll start thinking about, wow, that was really cool what I saw from so-and-so brand. They're new and I'm going to keep tabs on them. And so, you know, depending on the nature of your business, the recommendation is a little bit different, but the general spirit is share. Uh, If things are going well, share thank yous. Put them on social, highlight certain customers, send emails thanking people. uh, That works. If your sales are down, right? And you're in a category that you don't see a lot of uh, coming. Just talk about things that are of interest to your customers, even if it's not connected to your product. Demonstrate empathy, demonstrate understanding. So for example, this is exactly what Princess Awesome did. Her sales are doing great now, but at the time she said, look, people don't want to buy kids clothes right now. I'm not going to try and sell kids clothes, but they're stuck at home with kids. And so I want to help them understand how they can have a good, enjoyable, and positive time with their children during this time. And, and like so many people were uh, coming to her website and she said every time she does something like that, like that, her sales go up like an insane amount that she didn't even anticipate. And lastly, I'll say if you're, if you're uh, either if you're selling all right, but low on inventory or you don't have inventory, being explicit and transparent both on your website and through email around what shipping delays may be goes such a long way because the last thing consumers are exceptionally paranoid about getting, you know, hoodwinked or, or tricked uh, right now. And they just want authenticity. They want something they can trust. And so if you, you know, again, you can do this with Clavio, but whatever platform you use, if you have a pop-up that doesn't have to collect an email, but just simply says, you know, we have all inventory in stock tells people when I'm on your site, maybe I should keep digging or we have all inventory, but fulfillment's taking a little bit longer than expected 
like people are just like, oh, thank you for telling me what to expect and setting appropriate expectations. And that honesty levels with them. It puts them, puts you in their mind. It makes them want to connect with you. And I guarantee you the brands that plan and prepare and take action on establishing relationships, on giving an honest and transparent perspective and helping uh, occupy a little bit of mind space with their customers, I guarantee that they are going to be have like a whole new plateau of sales, a step function above as they continue to grow. Uh, and it's going to make a really big difference come this fall and into next year. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jake. Um, oh, you can have said it better. Um, yeah, you can have said it better. That there's a massive golden opportunity now on on this side of e-commerce. Cause I, you know, there's a, there's a left side of, of you know, of, of, of e-commerce and a right side, you know, on the left side is, is Amazon and right side is, you know, the, the, the entire e-commerce ecosystem. And right now, you know, that you, you said it better. You, you couldn't have said it better. 30% increase, you know, um, in across the board. That's massive. And it's going to go up. And I'll tell you something else. I predict the longer that this this goes on, the more consumers find new brands, the more consumers expand what categories they buy online, this is going to become habit. And we're going to see in all the charts when we look at, you know, the percent overall share for uh, total consumer spending, like what percent is e-commerce? We're going to see in, you know, this year, there's going to be like a whomp, like huge jump. Yep. Be like, what happened there? Yep. And the answer is going to be people were stuck at home from this virus. They learned how to shop online. Older people buying more different things from more new brands. Uh, and it's going to change the whole world forever. It was the crisis in 2001 that shifted the focus of Alibaba, Taobao in China. And it, it, it fundamentally changed the entire landscape of retail as we know it's in China and they became an e-commerce country rather than a retail com- country. And I think that shift is about to happen now. I think this is making us be an e-commerce world Yeah, right now. Yeah. 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 Fantastic, Jake. Well, thank you so much. This is an interesting, you know, conversation and I'd love to bring you on, you know, um, post the crisis, you know, yeah, anything significant actually happens between now and, and, and the end. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again. Um, Thank you so much, Jake. Um, Cheers. Thanks for having me and thanks for uh, letting us share with your audience. Fantastic. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.